0: Welcome to Moonshine and Music. We're here today with Steve Bowler. I hope I pronounced your name right. It's Bowler, actually. Steve Bowler. You were very close, though. I, I think it's totally fine. This is like 12, we're off uh, to a
1: great start. So. Twelve
0: episodes in a row where I can't pronounce anyone's name. It's all good. It's okay. We didn't do any prep I mean, on that. So. I actually, you know, I did break the streak because I, I was able to pronounce Moon Men when I did, <laughs> when I did that band. That's I a hard one. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, Moon Men. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't too too, too challenging. Um, but it's great to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time since I've seen you. I know. What have you been up to? What have you been doing?
1: Well, I've um, been um, mostly kind of working on music, um, doing a lot of stuff just at home kind of, um, writing new stuff, um, trying out some new sounds, uh, recently bought um, a new like new type of electric guitar that I've been playing with, trying to learn some new stuff, playing shows here and there, but um, life outside of music has been kind of crazy for me this year. so. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit quieter year for me musically,
0: yeah. What's been going on, uh, you know, if you don't mind? Oh, just... Um, Part of the show is we're trying to get to know the artists. Yeah, yeah, so, so
1: um, it's been a, just kind of a demanding year for me uh, work-wise. Um, definitely been a lot more going on there than maybe in the past. Um, we have, um, it, it sounds kind of silly to say, we have, we have two um, retired racing greyhounds, uh, our pets. Uh, one of them had kind of a like a health issue this year that was taking up some time and,
0: and mental space of us trying to deal with that. Um, greyhounds, let me let me explore that for a bit. Yeah, that seems like a tough thing to to handle. I mean, I have dogs and I love them, and greyhounds are fast and they're big. Yeah, and <laughs> they 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 keep you busy. Yeah, and they can jump too, from what I understand. Well, ours
1: can't. Ours won't. It's pretty oh. funny. Yeah, they, they ours will not even get on the furniture oh yeah um but yeah so they are um greyhounds uh are incredibly fast as you know but they are couch potatoes so they are (laughs) sprinters they get their running in um ours like to go on walks and stuff but um when they're not exercising they're pretty much down laying down most of the day so that from that standpoint they're um pretty easy but um you know like any any dog or a person if you have health issue then that becomes oh, yeah, a yeah yeah I, I agree do. I so, yeah. yeah that's
0: a challenge yeah uh, we've had um we've had so many different ones because uh, my wife for a while worked with an animal rescue so we would foster a lot of dogs mm-hmm. and um so you know all sorts of wow different ones coming through the that's house. awesome yeah <laughs> it, was, it was a lot that's of work that's a lot though uh, we haven't been doing it uh, in the recent because we moved to a new place and we don't have room to do that anymore. But um, yeah. you know, it was a uh, uh, you know all of our dogs are rescues. So you know, when when, when one of them uh, you know departs, we you know we come across a new rescue. Yeah, becomes our our new friend. And uh, but I, I you know greyhounds seem like a lot of. So how did you get retired ones? Was it a, a like a rescue situation? Or? Yeah,
1: it's a there's a, a couple of different programs um, actually in Indianapolis that do it, and the one that we we got ours through is called Prison Greyhounds, um, and what they do is when they're done racing, they foster them in um, Putnamville Correctional Facility for six to eight weeks. Uh, and they pair the dogs with non-violent offenders that are in the program, and they do some training with them, and they teach them basic commands and help them make that transition from the racing world to the um, world
0: of being a pet. Where, where they've been trained to do a certain thing, and now they yeah. need to be trained to be a house-friendly.
1: Yep, because they're know. kind of like E.T. when you get them, because it's all like foreign. like right. They've never seen a window, they've <laughs> never seen stairs, they've never you know, right. they haven't been pets. So, carpeting. Um, exactly. <laughs> Literally carpeting. Yeah. Yeah. So all that, but no, so I've been, um, I've been writing some new stuff. It's just been kind of a year of, um, recalibration. I think, um, I, I had some pretty ambitious music projects that I did over the last few years. And I think that you can, you know, push and do that for a while. And then, then you kind of need to give yourself a chance to reconnect with why you're doing it. And, um, sort of refocus a little bit. That's kind of what I've been
0: doing musically. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. I know you had um, the album. I think you've had two albums in the last four years. Is that correct? I've had. I had one big album I did, and then I had a single that I did last and year. A single. Yep. Okay. So the the album wh- when you uh, when you were putting that together, what was your state of mind at that point? What was the what was the goal and the thing that you were trying to accomplish? And
1: well, I, it was it was a big bucket list item for me. Um, I'd always kind of dreamed or had that goal of doing a really high quality um professional professionally done album and to really push that out there and play a lot of shows around it and really put everything i had into it and so my mindset was wanting to do all of that one just because i wanted to do it and i wanted to have have that um uh I guess you could say achievement. It was like personal yeah. achievement that I wanted to have. Well, it's totally an achievement. Yeah, um, it was. That was something that was really important to me. And I also just wanted to kind of test the waters a little bit and see what the response would be to it. Um, what I could, what I could make happen with that music. Um, and so I was very much in this mindset where, yes, it was coming from like an internal motivation and an internal desire. But I also think I was, at the time. Probably too focused on what the external results would be from doing that album, and expecting a certain number of streams or a certain number of fans or whatever you know a response that I wanted to get. And so I think I had to kind of process a little bit. It's not that I didn't have a, it's not that it was a bad response, but it's it's not like an overnight thing where you put out a, a good or, or decent album or whatever, and suddenly the world is your, uh, your oyster, oyster, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a process. So I think I had to kind of come to terms with, with that a little bit.
0: Well, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, from my own personal experience also, a lot of folks have the idea and I know I did, you know, I'll put it out there and people start listening to it and it totally kind of doesn't really work that way. Right. It's like, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter how good it is. Honestly, if it yeah. isn't like, if people don't get their hands on it to hear it the first time, then you didn't, like, you know, they might come back and listen to it more if it's good, mm-hmm. but they won't even listen to it the first time if they don't know it exists. So you have yeah. to, like, spread the word, you know? <laughs> and that's hard. And I worked
1: really hard at that. I think that what I was running up against um, was the environment has changed so much um, away from the al- album format um, of, you know, putting out a full-length album and promoting that. It's really moved to this model of uh, releasing singles and releasing... Uh, a few singles a year instead of an album Um, I would say you see most of even big artists it seems like they're they're putting out less albums and they're putting out more singles and then they're promoting those they're really focusing their energy on those Um, and I still at the time really had that specific goal of wanting to do a full-length album for the creative gratification of it you know, and I think all musicians relate to that. Every musician love, you know, wants to do that.
0: Well, it's nice to put out something that's on more than one, like, you know, I had, there's more hanging on it than just one story. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's a longer grouping of stories that you want to put together or whatever. So Ab- it's,
1: absolutely, know. but I think that from a music promotion standpoint, as a new artist, I think I might have been better served doing a series of singles and maybe actually doing less songs, kind of saving some ammo in, in, the, in the register for the next round and the next round, and I feel like I kind of burnt through a lot of my uh, energy and resources doing it all for this big album, and maybe I could
0: have uh, spaced it out a little bit more. Well, let's, you know, let's jump back to the start of why you do music. When did you start playing, how old were you? Um, I started playing guitar when I was 14 or 15 years old, and this was you—you you live just east of Indianapolis.
1: I live—I right? live in the 465 Loop. On no, I mean originally. Oh, like originally, back yeah. Back then, I grew up in New Palestine, Indiana, and we were before you went live. I—I I think before you went live, yeah. we were talking about <laughs> um, uh, how you live out there now. So I grew up out in New Palestine. Um, I um, was active in like theater and. Uh, Choir and all of that kind of stuff and I had tried the piano when I was younger, but um, Like when I was you know seven or eight years old and at the time I wasn't interested in you know The type of practicing that they wanted you to do or the type of music they wanted you to learn But I I started to get interested in the guitar Um, My parents encouraged me to try it out. I I saw Some friends of mine that played and I thought it just seemed really cool and really fun and um, I started to really get into it because I realized that with the guitar I could take songs that I enjoyed that I was listening to at the time you know and at the time I was really into like Green Day you know 14 15 years old and I could like learn Green Day songs on the guitar or I could um uh learn songs that were like popular music on the guitar and it also became an outlet for me when I started to write which was really as soon as I started playing I pretty much started writing um so it was just a way to kind of get in touch with my emotions and express those, and, and try to connect with other people.
0: So, you uh, were you in bands early on, or have you always kind of worked as a solo artist and, and you know get people together to help you play your music? Or always been a solo artist.
1: Um, I've had different periods of time where I had a band. Um, there was a, a period of time in college where I had a regular band that was I'd gotten together, and it was it was all kind of around my music, but it was a consistent band. We were gigging a lot when I was in in college uh, for a while. Um, And then there's been different time periods where I've had an album project or something like that, and I've gotten musicians together definitely to record, but then also when I did Let's Begin, the the band that I recorded that with, I then went on to play a few full band shows with uh, as well. So, but but yeah, I've always been, it's always been kind of a solo endeavor for me, other than, you know, occasionally co-writing or,
0: Getting together with other musicians. I, I know that um, uh, around the time that you put out uh, the album, you had Carmichael playing with you as a backing band. Mm-hmm. And you know I, we like to shout out to other people, but <laughs> yeah,
1: Carmichael's amazing, and I, I I'd be lucky to back for them at, at this point. They're they're killing it. But I, I we had them. I'm trying to think if if that was how it worked or not. I think they I'm I'm trying to remember what the first show was. I know I've opened for them. I think they did a show where they were an opening act for me it's honestly kind of escaping me at the moment but I know that we were on a couple bills together for a while um, and every
0: time I I I just discovered that I really loved their music well that's really cool Um, so uh, you know when we uh, you know I was trying to figure out what I was going to ask about the thing there because I lost my train of thought the um, uh, when you started writing your 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 songs and you uh you know you were inspired by green day were you inspired by other acts and oh, things yeah. cuz like you know when i listen to the songs i don't there's hear no green, green day, day. Yeah. Th- that went away pretty quick um i
1: <laughs> really the artists that i loved the most in high school um and these are not this is not going to earn me any street cred to say um no. but um so to
0: speak but street I, cred is automated. i know i know <laughs> i remember when i
1: first heard at the time and you have to so i was in i was in high school in kind of the early to mid 2000s like 2000 2003, 2004, 2005, so that was when Jack Johnson was really popular. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember listening to his acoustic stuff um, and thinking that there was some really cool stuff. And not not just like the radio singles, but like just like mid-album stuff, just the general style and vibe of the more laid-back acoustic music I kind of liked. Um, the two artists that I think were my biggest influences, uh, Ben Folds, for sure. I play piano as well as guitar. Um, guitar is just more portable and convenient, but you know, I Amen. love, love playing, the, too, love so. playing the piano. Um, love Ben Folds and his writing style and his energy and kind of his, he brings some of that punk energy to his music. And that's probably why I liked him, you know, growing up. And then also, uh, Jason Mraz. Um, I love Jason Mraz. I love his, him as a vocalist. I think that he is just one of the best vocalists, male vocalists, um, that's been kind of on the pop scene. And, and I think that I latched on to him when I was in high school because he was a, uh, a skinny white guy with dark hair that looked like me. And I was like, <laughs> I could try to sound like him. You know, I he was like a kind of became like a little bit of a role model for me for a couple of years, probably when I was 17, 18, 19 years old because he just seemed like this, you know, everybody at that age, you, you latch on to people that you think you want to be like or whatever. Um, but I also just really enjoy his music as
0: well. So th- those were some of my early earlier influences. Well that's really cool. Um, So it's at this point in the show that we have to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna apologize ahead of time. Oh, no, you're good. We have a um, trivia master on our staff, and... um, That that must be expensive. (laughs) He is uh, the world's greatest trivia player. He is also known as the Moonshine Guru and the Moonshine Psychic. Oh, Oh, you're gonna be on that side today? All right, so this time, though, He is uh, here, master of all trivia, Brent Lee Smith. Thanks for having me. I apologize in advance. (laughs) So Brent, uh, what's your record now with this? I don't know, a bunch to nothing. Now, Brent. Full disclosure:
1: I recently was on a team that won trivia at Blackacre Brewery a few, uh, few weeks ago. So this might be this might be your reckoning. Although you guys wrote, wrote the questions and I haven't seen
0: them, so. Oh, Brent! Brent hasn't seen the questions. Oh, no. allegedly, right? No, he, he hasn't seen them. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> there, there, there will be no doubt as I ask the questions that he has not seen them. Okay. All right. All right. So, first question. How do you become a millionaire playing music? Cotton. Cotton? What, like the sale of cotton, or? Just cotton. Okay, correct. (laughs) What? (laughs) What's your favorite sunset of all time? Gene Wilder. Correct. Who is the backup quarterback for Jacoby Brissett? Popcorn. Correct. We have a guy that has come on the show more than once. His last name is Ramshackle. What's his first name? Kitty cat. Correct. You are the champion. Brent um, Smith, Trivia Master. Congratulations. Good luck next time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Steve is still confused. Oh, I'm just, um, just kind a, of rolling with the punches a little bit. He's a trivia master and stand-up comedian, Brent Lee Smith. Wow. <laughs> He he brings a lot of joy to the show. Yeah, I can feel the joy. (laughs) It's just kind of a little bit of an eat, pray, love moment for me. I think after seeing that, yeah, (laughs) he's very joyful. (laughs) Yes. So um, don't feel bad. Thanks. Thanks. Mark Proctor. um, Who else Uh, among the compromised? The whole the whole band played trivia against Brent, and they Mm. couldn't they couldn't find the couldn't find the stuff it takes. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate you uh, hanging in there with our goofiness. No, no, it's all good.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh so <laughs> he, see, he says he's just that good. <laughs> no one knows what's going on with like yeah. him. He's like a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> 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 all right. So, uh, what songs are you gonna? Uh, Uh, grace us with today up there on the stage I've got two new ones that I've been working on this year but I'm going to play both of them they kind of come from
1: the same general theme of trying and and this has been kind of my thing with my writing recently as I've been trying to peel back the layers uh, just trying to really come from the heart Uh, maybe I mean I think I always have but try even more so like um, so I've got one song uh, called What's in Your Heart literally um, which is about just trying to really access that and and um, uh, even when it's not easy, um, find out what, what's in your heart, what it is that you really want to be doing. And another song called CEO, uh, which is, um, about just, you know, not wanting to run the show, not wanting to be the CEO, just wanting to kind of be in touch with yourself and not always just be running. So two songs kind of coming from a, uh, very,
0: uh, personal place for me. So do you find, I mean, uh, that leads me to questions. I mean, um. When you're, you know, when you are a solo artist, you are the CEO of your own show, Mm -hmm. do you find, like, maybe you do wanna, like, maybe be in a band or be, you know, um... Um, no, it's... You know, I mean, is it a...
1: For me, I think, um, I've always been kind of a feeling, I've always been kind of on two parallel tracks where I have a strong side of me that's, you know, a musician, a creative, feel like a creative person, Um, and then there's a side of me that, that is, um, a business person very much in business outside of music in my career um and at times i think i've struggled with those being feeling at odds with each other like i can't be one if i'm the other and it, it's been kind of a, a conflict so to speak and so it's been kind of an interesting process over the last year as i've learned that you know we all are one person and it's just about integrating those different sides of our personalities and kind of figuring out what's uniquely your path or your way you want to do things and not just trying to fit into a path or expectation that other people have. So it, it's kind of more about that. It's not so much about not wanting to you know, write my own songs or do my own thing musically. It's kind of about just finding that integration between art and music and career and the things that we do to make a living and, and bringing all that together.
0: What, what is your job outside of uh, music?
1: So I, um, I'm in uh, consulting, marketing, business development type stuff. Um, so. I see.
0: So that, you know, I mean, those definitely cross streams and and mix themselves together, right? Yeah. I mean, because a lot of putting your music out is marketing it. Yeah, exactly. You know, (laughs) yeah. So
1: and those those aspects of it always came naturally to me, uh, even when I was younger and I I had kind of a knack for like promoting my music online and stuff like that. Um, And that side of the equation has been there for me. There's some people that are musicians where they just can't do that other stuff. They don't want to do that other stuff, even if they can. And I've I've always been able to kind of do both, but that has, I think, sometimes created confusion for me as far as... What you want to do on the
0: creative side, because you're so comfortable with that. Or like, what is my
1: path in life, so to speak. Um, it because it seems like it shouldn't be that I would enjoy lit, legitimately be good at and enjoy both things So I think that I a lot of my music kind of
0: pulls from those themes That's really uh, an interesting theme. I can't wait to hear what the song's like. Yeah um, them. <laughs> all right, well, let's do that man. I'm cool. ready for some music. Sounds good. We'll be right back on moonshine of music with Steve Bowler, there you go Thank you
1: my name is Steve Bowler. Uh, this first song is called What's In Your Heart.
2: I've been strumming these chords. For more than half my life I'm still trying to find out Just what they're all about Can't be about money Because no matter how much you have You never have enough You always want too much I've been trying to convince myself That I don't have to try Say what's in my heart And make each day some kind of brand new start gotta live for something beyond the hope of security in my old age, cause I might not make it that far. Nobody said it would be easy, nobody said that you're never gonna have to restart, but as long as you always get back to restart. Excuses for two thirds of my life, the rest of the time I couldn't make them because I was asleep. We're all sleeping on something for most of us since the voice we baby deep inside, and yeah, we always try to hide it. Nobody there.
1: Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, this uh, this next one's called CEO.
2: Looking over my shoulder Yeah, I just keep getting older And the night's getting colder But I can't figure out who I'm going to be In no moment of truth is coming for me It's taking a while, but now I'm starting to see Even though there won't be a right time Blood and bones and brains and souls are harder to find I don't wanna run the show, no See, I just want to feel my heartbeat, feel my heartbeat, oh, 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 don't want to be always running, I end up getting left behind, I'm tired of being someone else on the self, is the thing I need to do. Voices, questioning all my choices Wish I could tie up my loose ends And figure out what the truth is But I don't need to know where I'm going to be And the moment of truth when you find out you're free Yeah, the world opens up when you finally believe it No, there won't be a right time These walls I built are meant to fall And I'm ready to be free whoa the show. no, don't want to be a CEO, I just want to feel my heartbeat, feel my heartbeat, oh, 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 don't want to be all turning I end up getting left behind, I'm tired of being someone else upon myself, he's the thing I need to find, whoa. Feel my heartbeat, feel my heartbeat Oh, oh, oh Don't wanna be yours, turning. I end up getting left behind I'm tired of being someone else up on the myself He's the thing I need to find
0: You. moonshine and music is a presentation of not less entertainment copyright 2019 all rights reserved our producer is joe shelton our cameraman grip and stunt double is brent lee smith on cameras and all sorts of other stuff bailey shelton and our staff guru is brent Schlimmer. join us each sunday for more episodes of moonshine and music